Hey, David. What's up? You, you like many of our listeners, might have been wondering where I was finding all those those cool items that I was posting on Instagram stories while uh, I was away last weekend. Yeah, I and, think uh, that they were not real. They, they were. They were in that uh, land called America. We were actually at a Hobby Lobby where I took most of those pictures. That store is beyond cool. I had a good time, and I came back with the three C's. Cool. <laughs> What's the three C's? Because I can think of a few, but I'm pretty sure that they're inappropriate. I I came back with some cheap clothing. Okay. I got some cool candy. All right. And I got some COVID. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, yeah, those three C's are way different than what I was expecting. I I can't imagine what you were possibly (laughs) imagining. I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to uh, say it. But you know what I can say? What's that? That this episode is going to be beyond belief. It's going to be better than COVID because it's not going to stick with you for, for the rest of your life. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene On Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to another exciting adventure with the Scene On Screen podcast, where today I'm going to do everything in my power to hold my voice as long as I possibly can. David, how are you? I'm I'm better than you are. I don't got the Rona. Yeah, it's, it's been a little <laughs> rough, but I'm okay. It's been Rona. Yeah. No, that's not a very good one. I'm not, I'm not hitting the jokes. It, this is a... <laughs> You need a new writer. <laughs> I do. I got to fire that guy. His name is starts with an S and ends with an on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we got, there's a lot that's happened in the last uh, last week or so. Yo, can Some I tell you about my adventure out? first? Oh, yeah, that's right. So what I've learned in America is that video game stores and like reselling stores are very few and far in between in my entire trip where i went over four states mind you i stayed in one and we stopped to shop in another um like didn't see much of anything we stopped at a game stop in michigan kalamazoo actually the two malls i went to in wisconsin specifically in madison neither of them had it neither had a game stop or a gaming store i found one game store that was abandoned I found one board game store. Huh. They have Best Buys everywhere and Targets and all that. Well, the but thing they, is, like, you can get a lot of like games, and and Target is is pretty good for having like really good sales and deals on games and board absolutely. games and and toys and stuff like that, right? I wonder if like part of it is because games generally are cheaper in the United States, anyways. That there, there isn't as big of a need for a used game market. Maybe. Cause like, I really wanted to see what the used prices would have been like. And I was kind of disappointed. Like when I was in GameStop, GameStop is overpriced wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Offense GameStop. Take it. Um, the, like there was a few things that tempted me at that $49 price point because I was like, Oh, with the conversion, that's still cheaper than I would buy a new here. Right. That would be pretty much it. The, 
the the real bounty or the real haul I got was I I went down looking for a Bluetooth speaker. I had one in mind. I was looking for the JBL charge. So I know I could get one here with a discount at work for like, I think it was 180. So that's a pretty good deal, right? But I was settling because the mega boom here is like $269 Canadian. We're walking around to Best Buy. I was like, wait a second, $169.99 for the mega what? What? Couldn't find one. We found one at Target, thankfully. But I got it cheaper than I could have bought any other speaker here. And it is loud. So it is what's a banger a, speaker. Is that why you wanted that one? Because it's a loud speaker? Well, I originally had the UE Boom, like the thin one. Uh, I just, I really liked its compatibility with my phone. It I was think very you, easy to operate. I think when you pronounce that, you have to do it like, UE? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, boom. <laughs> it's ultimate ears boom, right? Oh, yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> but I, I was a big fan of that speaker. I had it for about five years and it died. It it hits water very well. Everything. It's it's a good speaker. Okay. I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Now, uh, before we get into the, sto- the, the show, I want to bring up something that we missed on last week's cash or crap. And it was, it was something so, so minuscule because we recorded cash or crap just before the rescue Rangers came out. And I'd be remiss to not bring up how funny that Paul Rudd scene was the fact that he was just filling out autographs and then getting mad and chasing people. Oh yeah. That's Ra- true. Like <laughs> I wish we could have talked about that in cash or crap. We didn't get the opportunity. That movie itself is just, is just great. It's- Did you see the report that um, what ugly Sonic or who ugly Sonic was originally supposed to be? No, I didn't. Do I, do I make him Google it fans? Or do I just tell you? Just Google tell it quickly. Like, what do you, I don't know it's, what I'm supposed it, to Google. Who is so Ugly Sonic? Originally, Ugly Sonic was Jar Jar Binks. Oh, really? Like, it, oh, the character was supposed to be yeah. Jar Jar Binks instead of Ugly Sonic. Gotcha. Yeah, so they had all the rights to it. They had everything set up. I'm pretty sure most of it was animated from what I read in the article. And then Ugly Sonic just took the world by storm. And they're like, that. That is what we want. Interesting. You know what? I feel like having Ugly Sonic in there fits better because it was <laughs> it was such like a, a weird pop culture phenomenon, right? Like, yeah, Jar Jar Banks annoyed people and stuff like that, and they they just kind of wrote him into as a background character. Yeah. But Ugly Sonic, that was like a huge industry wide event that the backlash to the character design was so great that the studio had to redo the the whole character in itself um and i think the fact that it's in there and also he's like labeled as ugly sonic (laughs) that i think that worked better yeah i i was just i found the article it's like one more sequence from the rescue rangers the fan expo chase it was uh, the barebone scene was stayed firm and it was swapped out. Most notably, Jar Jar Binks was replaced by Ugly Sonic. Other characters were also affected. <laughs> mm. Could you imagine if he just had nonsensical Usas while he was <laughs> doing his thing? It would just be like an episode of uh, Robot Chicken. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Did I send you that Robot Chicken clip of uh, Palpatine? Sir, sir, sir. 
to all the uh, the stormtroopers. If not, I will. It's very funny. Chew's starting to lose some steam. David's um, favorite, Chris Pratt. No, I fucking hate him. He's so cool. <laughs> Is he losing do, his? I only coolness? have to do that because he's. It's now a meme, though. He's not it's true. So cool. And we we discussed this a few episodes back that he's he's kind of losing his sparkle. He's in burning the, out in, quick. Yeah, you know, um, he. I think part 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 of the issue was that he got so big so quickly. He was in like a ton of like big blockbuster movies all at once, and then what was the last thing that he was in? Avengers. Well, like. No. Uh let me let me pull his IMD Bizzle. Did that uh that um Amazon Oh movie. yeah. The that Tomorrow War. The Tomorrow that War, was right? Also like, your favorite do, movie. He tried to do something different in the movie it just kind of but like that the thing is is he's now being one of those actors that uh for movies like that, that's their whole marketing. Right, like Chris Pratt, because people know him from the Avengers and from Guardians of the Galaxy and and all that. But what's uh what's the dealio with him now? So Jurassic World Dominion has now re- uh, received its tomato score, and it has now received the lowest score out of any Jurassic film, with a whopping thirty five percent. Well, He's this is so not this is, cool anymore. This is critic rating. And the thing is, is the Jurassic Park movies didn't really have, aren't really known for uh, all that high ratings. Like Jurassic Park, the first one, has a 92% critic rating, 91% uh, fan rating. And that's a great movie. The Lost World, so Jurassic Park 2 sits hovers at around 50% from both critics and fans Jurassic Park three, which I actually really enjoy Jurassic Park three. Um, that one sits at around between 35 and 50 between uh, fans and critics Jurassic world. That one was a uh, 71%, 78%, but Jurassic world was actually pretty good because it was a, a total kind of reboot of the whole thing whole franchise right but then falling kingdom kind of the thing is is it just got more ridiculous and i think that's the problem yeah i'd agree with that i think like when you look at okay the lost world sure some of the dinosaurs were brought back to what is it like new york yeah right uh but those dinosaurs still didn't end up in new york right like the end of the movie like they were they were dealt with Jurassic Park three, it still goes back to one of the islands and it's, it's run down. So then, and Jurassic world in itself, again, it was just confined on the Island, but then fall, Jurassic world fallen kingdom. Like, Oh my God, we got to save these, these dinosaurs <laughs> and bring them to the, you know, where everyone else lives because we built this Island on an active volcano. Yeah, that movie uh, had all kinds of like weird situations. It had like that Noah's Ark vibe, right? Yeah, so like, right. Yeah, save all the dinosaurs. It, the, some yeah. of the concept was cool, but it was too much to like scope. Yeah, and then half of the movie turned into like some weird auction thing. It's like we gotta save the dinosaurs and release them into the wild. Like, what a stupid th- concept! And then uh, 
I don't know, Jurassic World Dominion now, I guess, what, the dinosaurs are sitting, hanging out with people? I think they've taken over, right? Yeah, weird. Okay, hold on. If you look at the... If you go to the main page for Jurassic World Dominion, it doesn't show the audience score, but if you if you view the Jurassic Park franchise, it shows the audience score for Jurassic World Dominion. So it's sitting at an 86% fan rating. MDB uh, rating World. is 61. Interesting. Yeah. So now granted this is this movie just came out, right? So more people will be, will be doing ratings for this and the score will probably even out a little bit. I think early ratings are going to be, like the diehard fans, right? People that well, want to see the day one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my favorite one here: hardly watchable. Even the dinosaurs were praying for extinction. <laughs> That's uh, funny. <laughs> so I don't know. I are you going to go see this movie? Ah, uh, yeah. We were thinking about actually seeing it in the drive-in, just because you know dinosaurs and cars. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I feel like this would be obviously a a fun summer blockbuster movie, right? Like we've seen all the other Jurassic park movies and you, you just kind of, it's one of those movies that you now just have to watch, right? Because they've clearly within, at least with the Jurassic since Jurassic world, they've created this more concise timeline, right? Like a connected story between the three movies. Whereas the first three Jurassic park movies, they were loosely connected, right? Like the, the Lost World, what it had Jeff Goldblum in it. That was really the only big connection to the first movie. And then Jurassic Park three, they brought Sam Neill back in, right? But uh, you know what's funny? What? Uh, Kathleen Kennedy was the uh, executive producer of The Lost World. Of course, because she likes to ruin things. Um, <laughs> so and just it, so you're yeah. aware as well, everything Chris Pratt is doing is already like done for the next year. So he's got um, Thor Love and Thunder. He's got Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Guardians Volume 3, um, Garfield, and then the Untitled Super Mario Project, which was delayed. Oh, you so know what? He doesn't have wouldn't a lot of like... Great, wouldn't it be great if they like announced that they were recasting Mario? That would be the end of Chris Pratt, as we know. I don't it. know. He did get Cowboy Ninja Viking which I believe is a game or cowboy what? bear ninja cowboy a government bear ninja? program turns Duncan, a man who suffers from multiple personality disorders into a super soldier with the attributes of a cowboy, a ninja and a Viking. Interesting. Holy crap. That movie's going to suck. It sounds like, like a stupid concept too. Do you know what else is a stupid concept? Bringing back a game that already worked once making no changes and slapping a new fancy sticker on it. Why are you upset? Is Sean upset that his favorite game is the same game? No, I buy NHL every year. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Super Mario Strikers Battle League is exactly what David and I predicted. Hot, kind of garbage, but not garbage. I know. It it'll got, probably it be got fun an a little bit, right? Like, it's not, a, it's, it's not a bargain bin game for sure. Oh, no, right? because I, Mario's on the front. 
I know. But you know what I mean? It's not a game that you're like, oh, well, whatever. I, I don't need to get it. I think it so, will be fun for the people that get it, but it's not something that you probably need to rush out and get if you aren't a super fan of soccer or Mario Strikers. So here's where my point of contention is. I always watch reviews for games like this because I want to know what the roster looks like. When you have that Mario library in Super Smash Brothers, tennis golf mario kart you're telling me that you could only animate 10 characters for this soccer game that's it your roster is 10 playable characters well yeah because they have to sell the other 15 as paid dlc no way there's gonna be dlc for this game and if there is it'll be like golf where it'll come free if you have the expansion pass oh yeah I think that's what uh, Nintendo's going to be their future model, right? They're going to their future model is you always get Mario and Luigi, but if you want all the good characters, <laughs> you have to wait. No, that all all future expansion passes are going to be tied and in some way, like for at, at least for their first party games, uh, tied to the expansion pass. I mean, it's fair, but I don't know. I just I watched that trailer. And then I watched a few reviews and I was like, man, it's just prettier, but it's the same. There's no story mode. There's no nothing. It's just mm-hmm. either you're playing online or you're playing couch co-op. That's it. And you know, it would be great for the switch for online play. Chat voice. chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I didn't need to use a, my mobile phone. I'm sorry. I, I think use Discord. Games, so I don't, yeah, right. But still, we shouldn't have to. It's 2022, Nintendo. Get your shit together. Yeah, right. Nintendo yeah. is never going to get their shit together, and that's why they're releasing this game. And IGN, of all places, gave it an 8. What was the last well, yeah, Mario was... game you saw where they had a lower than a 9? Um, I think they gave uh, Mario Tennis a pretty low score. Yeah, but that game sucks. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sucks, lay it on me. <laughs> Did you see the new Black Adam trailer? Barf. Do we have a barf sound? No, need a barf but sound. I do have. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the fact that The Rock, an hour after this trailer dropped, was like, I'm committed to making the DCU the best thing it can be and better than the Marvel Cinematic Universe, buddy. Do you know how many he's people got, know about Black he's Adam? He's got a lot of work to do. I know, right? He's just like, been obsessed with playing Black Adam for the longest time, right? Like, I remember back when they were talking about when Shazam, before that was came out and when that was being cast. I know that uh, there's talks of him wanting to, or at least being considered to be cast as Shazam, but I guess it fits more for Black Adam because it's Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, like I want to know the full story of Black Adam because the Shazam stuff, while it was kind of a cool, kitschy movie, I don't really I'm like. You're just Superman. You're just Superman light. Yeah. Uh, so from what I gathered from the Black Adam trailer is that the character was a slave. Okay. And then he got killed. And then he died. Okay. And then something else happened. Okay. And uh, he came back to life. 
Okay. As a god. And he was a god. So, and is he a superhero? Well, maybe. But does he kill people? Apparently. Does he like killing people? Yes. But is he still a good guy? Maybe. So what are like, you getting at here? <laughs> it It's all over the place. Th- there's no connection with the character. Right? Like, yeah, like the the voiceover in there. I used to be a slave. And then I died. <laughs> Tell me more, The Rock. <laughs> Tell me more about what you're going to do. You're just going to go around and hit people and, and, and stuff like that. Oh, you do that in every movie. It's but weird he- because like the, the DC universe, sure, the movies ha- are always meh, unless it's like Batman, right? Um, but it's never going to be better than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has, I'm sure, has teams of at least a dozen people <laughs> who their sole job is to make sure that there's continuity between stories and how they can connect uh, different movies to each other and timelines and all that stuff. Right. Whereas the DC universe, they just kind of do a movie and they, and then they figure out, okay, well, let's just uh, say that this one took place at the same time as wonder woman. And then we'll uh, say that they happened together. And that's how we put them together. Interestingly enough, black Adam was ranked the 16th greatest comic book villain of all time by IGN. Oh, he's a villain. I guess. So how I think he's a murderer. Yeah, because he <laughs> says he likes to kill people. So okay. One what was the last movie that was about a villain that everyone really liked? The Joker. Exactly. You didn't and think that was gonna be the answer though. What were you thinking? No, I was thinking the Joker. Okay. Okay, so that came out a few years ago. And then a time before that, was there anything? With a villain. As the main character that you're like, fuck yeah, let's root for this guy. Probably Venom. Yeah, but Venom's not even a bad Venom's not a bad guy. Venom is a bad guy to Spider-Man. Yeah, to Spider-Man, but they haven't they haven't merged those two universes yet. Right? Like in those movies, he's still a hero. He's still doing good. Right. So, so the Joker or Joker was the first movie dedicated about a villain. And it was an, like an origin story, obviously, but the Joker is such a unique character that everyone knows who the Joker is, but there's nothing that's really ever, um, just kind of dived into why he is how he is. And I think that's what made everyone really interested in it because there's huge potential for all that. And um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of the Joker was actually was, was great. Now, black Adam is a character that not a lot of people know. I'm sure. Yes. There's still, there's, there's thousands and thousands of people that know who black Adam is, but in the grand scheme of things of comic book heroes and villains that people know of, I don't think he's ranked very high. Right. So now they're like making this movie that's dedicated about this, this villain guy that nobody really knows about. And 
The Rock or Dwayne Johnson is saying he's trying that to make he's him gonna, a hero. He's going to make him like the greatest thing in you know movies, uh, superhero movies universes, right? Like it just doesn't make sense, and and that's just The Rock's cockiness talking. Yeah, right. Like. And and we've talked about this before. Like he, you know, well, most of his movies end up being what crap. He's cash at the box office where it counts. Oh, yeah, he's cash at the box office, but overall, though, movie quality and stuff like that, he's he only does things that's going to make money. But at the same time, people, I don't know, there's a lot of people that like his movies, right? Like, and he's not a horrible actor, but he's doing all the same things. It's like he's just the this muscly guy. In that, just like he did in Jumanji, like, I know that's what you're good at, but do something different. Yeah, he's got one look, right? <laughs> blue steel. He's got his blue steel. <laughs> I don't know. This is, uh, it's not a movie that I'm super excited to see, right? Um, you know, part of, part of, uh, what's good of living up so far north that our movie theater only plays like movies for, like a week and then it rotates out to something else. So, you know, there'll be a week where black Adam's playing and then I won't have to see that name ever again. I will watch yeah. it. Eventually it's going to watch it on, when it's free at home for sure. Right? Like it'll be on streaming services, but, uh, it's not, I guess it's HBO. I would be DC property. So it will be HBO. That or, HBO. Uh, that or Amazon. Possibly. Right. Speaking of uh, not Amazon, it's so hard yeah. to segue from that <laughs> to Microsoft, but Microsoft, it's time. Showcases this weekend. Got got to admit, without the actual E3, it still doesn't seem like a, a really big thing. Right? Like there's but, no excitement. Because right? the thing no with hype. the E3 is like there that that's what it was. It was all the hype. There was the buildup. But now it's like, oh, I totally forgot that this was even happening. Between this and what's it called? Summer of play that's been happening for the last few days. There's a lot going on. But it's practically E3, just not. So when it comes to Microsoft, is there anything that you're really looking forward to? to, Or like maybe a trailer that you want to see that we've kind of heard about, but we don't really know a lot of? Well, not really. I mean... Probably out of everything that I thought was pretty interesting um, when it was announced, you know, like six years ago, like with most of these games that we're kind of expecting. Uh, do you remember that game Avowed? Yes. It was like that first person kind of looked like a, well, it's made by Obsidian, right? So they did work on, uh, they did make uh, one of the fallouts. Was it Fallout New Vegas? They did New Vegas and they did uh it was called Oblivion. Was it did they do Oblivion? They, I think they did the first one, yeah. I don't know. But they've done, you know, tons of RPG games and stuff like that. But uh yeah, they did the outer outer worlds. Uh yeah, Fallen New Vegas. Anyway, so they are coming out with something called Avowed, which looks like it's very similar, obviously, to uh all those Elder Scrolls games, but I'm interested to see the, how it, how it differs and kind of like the world that they're making. Um, but that was announced what, like 
three years ago. Yep, I was wrong, by the way. It was Bethesda that did Oblivion. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, it's, I don't know, that is probably the most likely one that I'm interested to see more of. But uh, So there, there's two on my list. One that was kind of rumored in the last week. And usually when people data mine before a presentation, it's fairly likely that we're going to see something. But the GoldenEye remake, doesn't that have you yeah, like a little tingly like Spider-Man? Um, I'm just wondering if they update the graphics and make it sweet. Now, is it a remake of the original GoldenEye for N64? Or is it like the remake that they did for 360? Early, early 2000, where they 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 kind of redid the story a little bit, like reworked it a bit, and it was Daniel Craig as as James Bond. Um, so let me just check here. Xbox GoldenEye 007 remaster looks closer than ever after achievements were found in a data mine. It will be a remake of the Nintendo 64 version from 1997. In Unreal Engine 5. Could you imagine? They'll probably charge $40 for it. Oh, 100%. But hey, you know what? Slappers only. Slappers only. But TVs are so big now, you actually need like bigger cardboard to mm-hmm, divide out the true. room. That's true. Um, you know, the, they're not going to have split screen multiplayer. Come on, it's 2022. Yeah, you have to pay for that shit. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the other game also came from Rareware at the time as Perfect Dark. Yes. Now, I wonder, is this a... Uh, is this a uh, a remake or is it like a sequel or is it like a, a reboot? See, we don't know much, right? It, we, we have no info. If it was a reboot, that could be interesting. But I feel like the, the universe doesn't need a reboot. They could do a remake of the N64 version because that game was primo. Um. And then Perfect Dark, what Perfect Dark Zero? That was like a prequel. Yeah, that was that was a game was, that like crashed and destroyed my parents' computer. No, no, I'll never be able computer. to forget. It that. was on PC. We oh, had sorry, a, it was on it was on Xbox 360. It was a launch title. Oh no, it was Oni that killed my parents' computer. They're like the same game. Perfect mm, Dark yeah. Zero was good. Also, the Game Boy Advance version of the game was pretty sweet. Or Game Boy Color, the one with the Rumble Pack. Yeah. Yeah, Perfect Dark Zero was a um, a prequel, so they technically could do a sequel to Perfect Dark, the N64 version or the N64 game, um, and it could be it could be good. I don't know. I I feel like uh, it could be a cool mix of like kind of cyberpunk versus uh, Deus Ex. If you were to make it open world, then yes, you can kind of have it like Metal Gear Solid a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what that is. I the Outer Worlds could be interesting. Um, I know your favorite game is also on the list of things that we're likely going to see with State of Decay 3. Hopefully they <laughs> fix the multiplayer thing. Hopefully, yeah, they just fix the that, that game That was such a bummer with no no cross-platform or cross-console uh, progress. That's yeah, I know, right? We remember when we were like, tr- we loaded the game up and we were trying to get into that. We played for like maybe an hour and then 
realized that like nothing was saving because there's like all these like messages saying that like it i don't know at the time because it was right when it launched too and we noticed that like nothing was transferring over and stuff like that yeah it was stupid um i really am hoping that we see more from starfield yes that game is being hyped for so long sony i want to see it right right like we haven't seen anything what did we see we saw like a a really small obscure teaser trailer yeah and the, the rendering through the ship yeah um but other than that we've seen pretty much nothing and uh yeah this obviously you know what this game is going to be it's just going to be like elder scrolls in space well it's space fallout isn't it or space fallout yeah all the games are they're all the same bethesda can't make any different types of game well when you find something you're good at why would you Oh, right, yeah. exactly. Eleven, eleven, twenty-two. I just rewatching the uh, teaser trailer. Did it? Was it delayed though? Yeah. So it's not coming out this year. Yeah, they wanted to fix uh, Fallout seventy-six before they released Starfield. Oh yeah, that's right. That that was a joke, everyone, because that game is still beyond fixing. Yet they keep releasing stuff. It is playable now. It is. It's enjoyable. <laughs> I like this comment on the uh, teaser trailer. Imagine you launch your ship for the first time at the start of the game only to crash land on some strange primitive planet and then wake up as a prisoner on a cart. <laughs> That's almost how um, Outer World starts. You like create yeah. your character while you're in the ship and then you crash land on a world. Yeah. Speaking of crash landings, let's talk Miss Marvel. So it came out. First episode dropped on the same day as an Obi-Wan episode, which was a little suspect to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's like, why, why would you do that? Have people commit an hour and a half to two hours of time to two shows? What are you ridiculous, Disney? Come on. But seriously. Well, what did you think? Do you really want to know what I thought? I do, because I have some interesting takes as well, but I, I'd like yeah. to share the wealth. I'm not I'm not I don't hate the show. Um, I think a big issue is that nobody really knows Miss Marvel slash nobody really cares about miss marvel um the one thing that i've i noticed is that it is uh it is definitely marketed towards like a, a much younger audience or the or the show is not necessarily marketed towards it but it's presented towards a younger audience it it's should very, be on the family channel right it's very difficult to relate or connect with the character because she's a 16 year old high school kid that wants to go to a, a convention. I guess maybe there's, you know, a, a huge <laughs> fan base of kids that do connect with that character. But at the same time, and I, I know that we mentioned this before on uh, one of our previous episodes, like a, a big portion of the diehard Marvel fans are not high school kids right now, right? Like the people that are the most excited to see their characters or their favorite characters kind of come to life on the screen are probably in their late twenties to early thirties to mid forties. But that's, I think the play that they're doing here, because these are showing two high school kids completely obsessed with the Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's, they're, they're trying to plug that in. Exactly. Like they are, they are, trying to connect to their younger audience. And I think that's why it's, it's not working for a lot of people, right? Because they just can't connect with it. 
Now, I know that uh, Miss Marvel is a like what? Uh, where are they from? Like, like a middle what do you Middle mean? Eastern like from family, India? right? Like they're from a Middle <clears throat> yeah, Eastern geez. family or something. Like that. Yeah. So I think that is also difficult for a lot of people to connect with as well. And I'm I I I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm not being racist or anything like that, but it's a a character and a culture that a lot of people aren't familiar with, right? So I think it's great that there's representation in this, but at the same time, there's a lot of um, things that they say, you know, like the, oh yeah, it's a big spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> We're talking about Ms. Marvel. Um, the things that uh, like her parents say, like just like sayings, you know how like people be like, oh, like, uh, uh, I don't even know what parents say when they're annoyed with their kids. Go to your right? room. Like, yeah, they have they have sayings that are in uh, I would assume I guess Arabic that unless you know that language you don't know what they're saying. So a lot of their conversations almost seem like they're difficult to follow because they have sayings and they have intonations that aren't familiar with I would say a big portion of the people that are watching this right. Um. I don't know it. I I will watch more because I'm interested to see how they, what they do with the character. And, but my biggest concern with what they're doing with the Marvel universe is, and you've mentioned this, they're trying to do what? Like teen Titan equivalent. You mean the young Avengers, the young Avengers, right? So they're trying to make this young Avengers thing. And it's going to be a bunch of these like kid superheroes and you're going to alienate a big portion of your your fan base because they don't really want to watch a a Disney Channel Saturday morning TV show. So, l- l- let me give you my kind of perspective of it because I think a lot of what you're saying makes a ton of sense, but I think they've kind of got us this time. Marvel and Disney Plus has us by the balls on this one. They didn't really in in Hawkeye although we thought they did. Moon Knight had nothing to do with Doctor Strange, but this series leads right into the Marvel's movie. 100% it does. That's how it's being like toted. She's going to be a character in the Marvels along with Monica Rambeau and um, Captain Marvel. We know this now. Mm-hmm. What I think they've done is they, they're experimenting with this show. They can get away with whatever they want here because you have to watch this to understand what's going on in the Marvels. There's there's no way around it on this one, which kind of sucks because like my other half would be like, oh, I don't really like watching the shows. I like going to the movies. You'll give me a recap, but like a six episode recap, that's a lot of a recap. On top of that, I'm finding, especially with this one, if you never played the Avengers game, you'd be so lost in this plot or like you either read the source material Mm -hmm. or you played the game. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't fall far from like the a day event that happens in the game. So I kind of had an idea what was going on. And even when I watched like a breakdown of the episode, a lot of things kind of resembled a day. So it was okay. Yeah. The one thing where I will say this show is standing out above everything else is the editing is phenomenal. I like if I'm not engaged in the story, that's one thing, but watching everything go around the screen 
like how the graffiti moves and how she's like living in these like fantasy worlds and how everything kind of like interacts with her without interacting, I think is really cool. Uh, I think that's really what well- you were talking about when you said editing. <laughs> okay. Cause I'm like, yeah, they do these it's kind not of like a weird, feature, that's for sure. They do these like montage type sequences when they're going from one place to another. Right. And I'm thinking that like the quick cuts and stuff like that, that's very, uh, Shaun of the Dead and and uh, Hot Fuzz, you know, like Hot Fuzz when they're going to the armory and like and and getting all the guns and stuff like that. And but anyway, it's like, yeah, like that's cool, but that's just background stuff that 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 doesn't really make the show. Yeah, right. You're right. It doesn't. But the like those visuals are like the text message responses. Like you have to look for them, but they're there. Like how they use the illumination in the window to get the response and then the marquee for the next one. Very well thought out. I think they're experimenting with the show to see what they can pull off. If I'm being honest, mm. do I think it's going to be great? No. Do I think it's going to be another six hour investment I give to Marvel? Yeah. Am I going to be more prepared for that movie? Probably. I guess. It's. I think it's interesting, like how they. Well, obviously, like they weren't going to change change anything in regards to how uh, people portray Captain Marvel, because I know that that is one character that is, I guess, um, is not as liked as others. That's just because right? people hate Brie Larson. Well, part of that, but then also I think there is, and and I've read a lot of conversations online where she's just too powerful of a superhero to really fit into the cinematic universe. Right. Cause everyone else has their weaknesses. She's completely inv- invincible. And the thing is, is the first episode of Miss Marvel kind of touches on that, how she was invincible, pretty much like punched Thanos in the face and flew through the ship and was the, the single handedly turned the tide of that battle. And then just disappeared. And they said like, oh, well, people were like, oh, where did she go? Like, what was she doing? All this stuff, right? Like the big questions that real life people had. Um, I watched the Captain Marvel movie. And again, it was just like, it wasn't anything too special. But I watched it one one day because there was nothing else that I really cared to watch. And it's like, whatever. It, it never really stood out. But at the same time, if this, if I have to watch Miss Marvel to understand the upcoming movie, that's like not very good marketing on on Disney's part because. But they've f- been doing this the whole time, and this is the first time without COVID that um, things will line up properly. Because WandaVision did not line up with Doctor Strange like it was supposed to, right? Neither did Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, is like those those series, those like they were they were following characters that people actually knew and cared about and wanted to see more of. Right. Like the hype for Loki was was massive. Right. Because this is a character that people really liked. I, I respectfully disagree in the sense that I think. Change, change is important, and obviously we're not going to be able to keep the same characters we've had for the last 15 years. Or 10 years because people mm-hmm. move on right for sure 
starting new characters, I think is important, but in the way you introduce them is also key. Did Ms. Marvel need a series before the series? No, but does it avoid an absolute 30 minute backstory in a film, which we know is a sequel? Yes. So I'd rather take my lumps there. It's like with Dr. Strange, they introduced America Chavez. You've seen the movie, right? The new one? Yeah. No, man. Actually? Actually, I still haven't. Holy crap. It's, Movies got to get you faster. They took it out of theaters. I I couldn't see it. Yeah. Then, and okay, then well, I wasn't going to is... see it. And then, and then what was that one with Top Gun? The Top Gun movie came out and then they took it out of the theater. Damn Top Gun. I know. Um, what I was going to say, which isn't a spoiler because you see her in the trailer, but they introduce America Chavez as a new character. And they do it seemingly well. They don't give her a ton of a backstory, but it's like there's a reason that she's being hunted type of thing. Mm -hmm. When you look at Ms. Marvel, because she's, and I say this with no disrespect, and I know somebody will say something, but I'm going to be straight to the fact because this is what's been happening online. Because she's a young um, Indian girl, people are not relating to her in a way that maybe other Marvel characters have had the ability to have mm-hmm. uh, that, that connection well, or relation. Well, it's and because she, she's a, mi- she's a, a minority character, right? Like yeah. she's, and, and that's the thing is people are outraged, but not, not necessarily outraged by it, but they can't relate with it. Right. But they could have very well easily done uh, the Spider-Man treatment, right? Like introduce the character in a, a movie in a short, amount of time under right? Like just right just have some sort of connection like that where they introduce this character and you're like okay now this is someone that i want to see um now this is someone i want to see more of right and then they can explore that a little bit more either in a tv show or the next movie yeah also, I think they did this because they changed her powers. So uh, you played in, in you, what way? You, you played the Avengers game, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, so do you remember what she could do? Well, she can like make her hands big and stuff like that. Yeah. Did she have the ability to make cosmic platforms? No. No, oh yeah, that's true. Like Mar- Marvel adjusted it and they made changes to the character to better fit what Miss Mar or Captain Marvel needs in her movie. This is all this movie this show is doing is it's setting mm. up a movie, but they're making canon changes from source material to make it MC- uh, MCU canon. And I think maybe that's part of why just c- you, you couldn't connect with the character, right? Because playing playing the the Avengers game, right? She has these powers where like her body, like her hands and her feet and stuff like that physically transforms so we get larger and she kind of turns like, I don't know, like like stretchy. <laughs> um, and so she's struggling with that. But this, she puts on a bangle and now she has this like these superpowers, right? So, so she's she's not a superhero. She's just someone with a bangle. So even in the comics and like the whole Avengers game thing. Like she does get the powers from the mystic mist, but she does like, there's so many different reasons she gets her powers, but 
the working theory right now from what I've been reading online is the Bengal helped activate her cosmic powers, which is why her mother was like, don't touch that. But if we keep talking about this. We're not going to be able to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I want to talk about Ms. Marvel for the next six weeks. And we've missed four episodes of Obi-Wan already. So what do you want to get to that? We missed four episodes of Obi-Wan? Well, um, we didn't record in episode... Um, so it came out after we recorded. So we didn't see episode one and two. Then last week, we had a cash or crap episode. So we're we're four episodes deep in Obi-Wan. Well, I, I don't want to talk about, about you, it. But I watched all four episodes of Obi-Wan. I'm going to be completely honest. That makes it sound way more exciting than the series has been so far. (laughs) Weirdly, every time I hear that sound, I just want toast. Um, Maybe you're having a stroke. Or uh, a seizure or something like that. You need to call Dr. Penfield. No, I'm just talking about how Anakin has burnt toast. A Canadian. Um, Oh, right. That's because of a Canadian moment. I have seen all four episodes. I did see them when they launched, um, which... Like, we just didn't talk about them on the show, which is unfortunate. I know, I but know. I have one fundamental problem with the show. One Only major one? fundamental problem. Okay, yeah. what's that? How am I supposed to fear for anyone's life if I know they don't die? <laughs> it's not so much how, about no, no, no. that. How, how about am I supposed to be scared? Growth. How am I supposed to be scared for Obi-Wan if I'm like, oh shit, he appears in the next movie? I know. Oh, fuck. Darth Vader makes three more appearances. I'm okay. Princess Leia, she survives for like nine movies. Yeah. Or not nine, six. Yeah, and like the and fact- she, she eventually learns how to breathe in outer space. Yeah. I think what I, I think the main problem with this is that the story is kind of meh. It you don't know who the, the show is about. It's sure the show's titled Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi is a main character in it, but he's just he's just there because it feels like the more. Oh, yeah. Everyone warning. Spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) We've been really good with that today. I'm the one with the brain fog. I know. Right. Um, He. Yeah, he's just kind of like a side character, even though he is the main character. The series so far feels way more about young princess leia and the sixth sister right like it's it's more about them this is this is the book of boba fett all over again oh no i don't think it's that bad it's not that bad obviously but i'm saying like the their stories they're they're kind of all over the place like they're they're not true to what they should be or what the fans want or what they expect this has turned into a um like a long-winded rescue mission. Um and like you said, we know everyone survives. <laughs> so there's no sense of urgency, there's no sense of concern for Obi-Wan Kenobi or Princess Leia or anything like that. The only people that are potentially going to die are new characters that were introduced. Yeah. Right? Um 
an evil Caillou. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? The, the Inquisitor? <laughs> the Inquisitor. He dies in the second episode, but you know what? Somehow he returns because this yeah. takes place all before Star Wars Rebels, which is phenomenal. You know, the thing that this is lacking is, like I just said, and what, like you said, there's no nothing to be worried about. Obi-Wan will survive until Darth Vader kills him. Right. Well, does Darth Spoiler Vader kill alert him? if you haven't seen A New yeah. Hope. You know, right? That came out in 1977. Guys, get your shit together. Uh, <laughs> Max. Yeah, right. Um, I think the story would have worked way better if Obi-Wan Kenobi decided to, or I, maybe he, he does, decides to save or hide people who are force sensitive or Jedis that are hiding from the empire tries to like get them to safety and protect them. Right. So then the, the concern goes from worrying about whether or not Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to die or something is going to happen to him because we know it's not to worrying about and concerned about the people he's trying to save and help. Right. Because that would be more in line with his character as a whole, because he was one of the greatest Jedi's ever in the history of the Jedi that we know yeah. of. Right. And they make him this kind of bumbling idiot. That's afraid to do anything. And I get it because I've seen, you know, he's got PTSD. Right. But I feel like they could have done so much more with the character. And it's not about Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's about princess Leia and the sixth sister. <sighs> I've like, I'm watching it. And I'm enjoying a new version of a story that's already been told. It sucks that they've kind of erased the canon of, oh, since the last time we fought. But I guess they never really specifically said it was the last time, as in Revenge of the Sith. So Mm -hmm. it does leave a kind of open-ended. And like they did say that there was a few times that they were going to fight. So, you know, I'm still hopeful that Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to kind of reconnect with the Force. And I think that's cool. I think that's an interesting take on the character, how because he's been hiding for so long and he's he's been afraid to use the force and and show that he's a Jedi and do what he's done for so long that he's lost connection with the force. But at the same time, I don't see that being that character, right? Like, I feel like he was so good at what he did and was such a strong Jedi that even if he didn't use any force powers or have any, you know, deep connection to the force for so long, then he still would be able to do that stuff. Right. But I think it's interesting that they, they made him afraid because you know, what is it? Fear leads to, I don't know, weakness, some shit like that. But um, the the callbacks (laughs) are pretty interesting too. The fact that he's still trying to like access Qui-Gon force ghost when he was never taught by Yoda. If we get Liam Neeson's voice, are you gonna be happy or sad? I'm gonna be. I'm actually gonna be really happy because. You know what's sorry. What what? I was gonna say. You know, it's not really James Earl Jones that's doing the voice, right? Oh, of Darth Vader. Yeah, absolutely. But is James Earl Jones still alive? He is. He's 91. But they're using respeecher, which is Mm -hmm. the same tech they use for Luke. When they did that episode of the Mandalorian mm-hmm. episode 3.5 remix. 
But the thing is, is Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson still sounds like Liam Neeson from 1999. I hope he shows up in person. Yeah, that'd be cool. And he's going to be like, Obi-Wan, you have a specific set of skills. <laughs> I, I, my theory is that he is going to eventually ke- reconnect with Qui-Gon Jinn and Qui-Gon Jinn is going to, uh, I don't know, rekindle his connection with the force. Right? Like he, there's gotta be something because he's, he's asked for to connect with Qui-Gon <laughs> what in like three episodes now. Um, but you know, can, he keeps can making talk? calls, but nobody's answering. I know. Right. I, can we talk a little bit about uh, the sixth sister or third sister, whatever one it is? Yes. Um, the, the one that everybody is assuming, uh, is a Jedi youngling. Mm-hmm. Now guys, if you're any of the people who are writing hate mail or racist feminist shit about Moses Ingram playing this character, fuck off and get out of here. That's yeah, nobody, like, we're, we're Star Wars shit. fans. Yeah, we're Star Wars fans through and through. David and I just don't like the character because she's too over the top. Well, and that's the thing. To do with and who I, she is. And I think that's the problem, right? Like people dislike the character, but they're unable to disconnect the character from the actor. The same thing happened with Rose Tico. Right from uh, the Last Jedi, right? People harassed her online and threatened her, the the actor, because they hated the character. Same thing happened with the guy who played Jar Jar Binks, right? People and Anakin Skywalker and, and Anakin now Skywalker, Princess right? Leia. Like, like it doesn't make sense. These like if you guys are fans, then be fans of the material. If you don't like a character, that's okay because you know what? You're not supposed to like the character. You're not supposed to like the sixth sister or third sister, or whatever, which, whichever one it is. I love. You're right. Stop gatekeeping characters and this series and this universe, or it'll die. Because mm-hmm. like, like, who who wants to be a new character in Star Wars? Could you imagine getting that call? And like, like Donald Faison has been on record numerous times saying he'd love to be in a live action Star Wars as a real character, not like his best friend. In real life, Zach Braff, who got to play Freck, which I don't know if you knew that or not. Yes, I did. Also, hilariously great character. Liked mm-hmm. him a lot. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if Donald Faison finally got the, a role and he got to do something like any character? It doesn't even matter who. A character they made up or a character from the books, the novels, the, the comics. And people were just like, yo, fuck Donald Faison. I hate this character. He's so bad. Blah, blah, blah. What does that do to other people who get these roles? Mm -hmm. And like, he's one of the biggest star Wars fanboys in the galaxy. It's yeah. And the thing is like, well, Donald Faison was in what he was in. um... He did the black Stormtrooper. So he did the, um, the, I guess it's called claymation, but he did the, the black Stormtrooper thing with like robot chicken and stuff. And then he's he was in Scrubs, Clueless, various other things. Remember the Titans? He's been in a lot. And yeah, he has. Um, the thing is, is like we dislike that character, like the sixth. I I gotta figure out which one is it. Is it the sixth the or third, the third sister? The third, third sister. sister. We dislike the third sister because she's an over the top villain. 
that is, I don't know, way too extreme. She's a, so a focus pole. Right? Like, it, it just doesn't, it takes away from all the rest of the, the series. And her arguments are like, I don't know, just too much. Right? It's like having that one person in the room that just has to be the center of attention all the time. And you're just like, okay, well, you're here just because you're, I've known you since high school, but I don't really like hanging out with you, but I can tolerate you in a group of people. Fair enough. Right? Like it's, it's a situation like that. And I I don't think that they're doing the, the inquisitors justice in this series because they're focused so much on, on this one. Um, you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels yet, have you? No, but I do know that the Grand Inquisitor does return. So, yeah. So the thing is with Star Wars Rebels, people were kind of eh about it when it first released. The first season a little bit was kind of rough. Like I'd say when, the first half. That was Rex and Ahsoka or Rex and Obi-Wan? Uh, that, that led the Rebel thing. No, that's uh, with... Um, What's his name? Um, Ezra Bridger and Caden and um, Sabine. Oh, Ren. Sabine. Obi's Obi-Wan's love. No, that's um, Sante or something like that. I thought it was Sabine. No, Sabine. Satine. Is, uh, Satine. Your thing is Satine. Yeah. Um, but that whole thing's that's there's a there's a ton of great characters that they're actually bringing into live action. But the thing is, is what Rebels did is they made the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, and the the other Inquisitors these like forces to be afraid of, right? They came in, they wrecked havoc, and when they showed up, everyone was just running, trying to get away because they knew how powerful they were, and they were not in a position to properly fight them until they worked together in classic Star Wars, <laughs> classic Star Wars ways. With this, with Obi-Wan Kenobi, they don't have that sense of dread, right? partially because we know that all the important people live, but because the focus is more so on this one overly obnoxious character. They killed the Grand Inquisitor in the second episode. Well, they just stabbed him and let him lay yeah. there. They didn't obviously, really do anything yet. Obviously, we know that uh, he comes back. Um, and I just think there's too many little things that are currently going wrong with the series that leaves too much for concern. It's not so, as bad as Boba Fett, but so far Disney hasn't hit the Mandalorian levels of success with star Wars since the Mandalorian. This, well, you say that, but this is the highest viewed show on opening. You know why? Because Ewan McGregor is Ewan McGregor? Exactly, because people wanted to see Ewan McGregor reprise the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi again. That is the only reason why. say hello there. Yeah, right? Say the line. That's all um, people want. All right, so let, let's let's play hot stove here. Let's, let's talk about some of your hottest takes, some of the things that you've maybe thought of or you think are coming. The root or... The one theory I like out there right now is that the third sister has a deeper backstory 
because they keep panning back to the younglings. And there is a belief out there that she could be Riva, if that's the correct name. So we'll see mm-hmm. if she's a youngling and that's why she hates Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan wasn't there to protect her. Maybe. Yeah, but Hot Obi-Wan take. was wasn't able to wasn't there to protect anyone. That's true. Yeah. Hot take or maybe not a hot take, but I think they're a setting up to show at least how Grogu was saved. Potentially, yeah. And B, I think there's so many similarities between Jedi Fallen Order and this series that we might get a taste. We might get something. I don't know what, but there's like, bring us Cal Castus. Come on. Give us yeah, the new character I, that we want. I think that is maybe one of the more likely scenarios of connecting because there has been a lot of rumors of having Cal Castus come into the live action universe, right? Well, the guy that they chose is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really He's have. The guy who played Jerome on Gotham. Yeah, I don't really have any uh, theories. Is there anything that you noticed, or like something that like took you back a little bit? Like, what do you mean? Like, is there anything you noticed from the show that was like a deep piece of fan service for yourself, or like you're like, oh damn. Uh, not really like nothing that I could really think of. Like I just been, I, I have been enjoying watching it because I, uh, the, like they're exploring new worlds and, and I always think that when they, when they show early empire stuff and I guess, yeah, 10 years is still fairly early. You know, I like that. I'd like that where people are in the height of their fear of the empire. They're not just living with it because that's the new norm. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I had, was one, I had an idea, but now I forget what it was going to be. There was one notable death that I noticed in that, um, the chambers. And it might've been just because I was watching clone wars recently. So I recognized the character almost immediately, but did you notice, um, what's her, uh, Tara Sineeb was in one of those like death tombs. I don't know who that is. It is the old man with the was it, I'm pretty sure it was a man uh, with the cane, the lightsaber cane that helped Ahsoka find her lightsaber, like the old Jedi Master. Oh, I I, I don't recall that. Um, all I just sent you a picture of who it is. Um, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, you know oh, what? I'm, I'm see. Oh, that's the thing is, Kenobi says that that is a a tomb, but they don't look like they're dead. They look like they're frozen in time. Right? So I wonder if they are all force sensitive people that the that the Empire has been hunting and they're keeping them there in some sort of like stasis to maybe um I don't know, either like absorb their force power somehow or turn them into future inquisitors or something like that. I think it's more of a, because remember in what was it? uh, Mandalorian season two, or was it the end of season one where they were like in the cloning chamber type thing? And they had all these like clones. Yeah. And they, so I think it had something to do with that. Like it's all very connected, right? Cause this is, Oh no, this is a prequel. 
This is way before Mandalorian. Mandalorian is 40 oh, wait, no, hold on. years in the future. Yeah, that's right. So 30 years from, from that. Something like that. Anyways, I think it has, I think those have deeper meaning and I'm hoping that they do because that would be a, a cool concept. But or hey, a you know, terrible I, way. knowing, knowing uh, Kathleen Kennedy and, and uh, what she's doing and what Disney's doing with Star Wars, it's just going to turn into some like politically charged agenda that most of the characters are going to be, you know, female orientated and and because do you remember back when when uh, the Force Awakens came out, there was a promo fo- photo that they released where uh, she and this huge group of female staff on the the set of Star Wars all wore shirts that said the force is female. No, but that's a pretty sweet shirt. Did you see that? You didn't? No, I don't. So it's, uh, since then there's been a lot of talks that, and and a lot of reports that she's changes things so that they are primarily female dominated or like the female characters become like, um, a, a main part of the story, which I have no issue with that. Don't get me wrong listeners put your pitchforks down (laughs) but when it changes the fundamentals of the 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 stories that we're expecting and i think obi-wan kenobi is a prime example of it where it's less about obi-wan kenobi and more about the third sister and princess leia right now which i'm okay with if they do a leia mini series i could be for it her growing up in the senate that'd be neat but this isn't a Leia miniseries. No, but right? it this could. was a series. This was a show that we wanted to see about Obi Wan Kenobi, and so far it isn't. Right. All I'm waiting for is the Mandalorian to show up, <laughs> even um, though it wouldn't make sense in the timeline. But still, it's just it's just kind of it's unfortunate that the hype was real for this, and it is starting it's starting to fall flat. But. You know who could show up? Django Fett. That's true. Wait, wait, wait. No, he's dead. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you but mean Boba Bo- Fett? Well, he already showed up and everybody was like, oh, you didn't think we were going to notice. But we did. What? Did they just run out of actors that day? And they're like, you're now a blue clone trooper. No, no, no. That was that's that was done on purpose. No. Yes, it was. That was his cameo. But then also it showed that uh, don't you remember the Bad Batch? I only watched you, the first episode because you told oh, me not to finish it oh, until I finished you, Clone Wars. Yeah, you you gotta do that. The Bad Batch takes place right at the like. Well, you saw the first episode, right? Right as Order sixty six is is enacted, right? Yeah. So it really shows the 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 transition from using clones to using or like conscripting people. So this having uh, the clone trooper sitting there asking for change was kind of a throwback to that, like how the, the transition from the empire or from the, the Republic to the empire, you know, so that was kind of a cool throwback. I don't, I can't see us seeing more of the clone army, but it would be cool to see like Rex and all of them because they are, there's a bunch of them that are still alive and kind of, off world, but I, I doubt it. I doubt that we're going to ha- see that connection again. 
All right, so hot take before we wrap this thing up. What character, aside from Cal Kestis, do you think we'll see? Um, I would love to see... Um, the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> uh, who was... What's his name? Um, not Ezra. Kanan Jarrus. He is the Jedi that is training Ezra Bridger in Rebels, but um, he would still be fairly young, I guess. I guess he would be in his, like, teens, right? Because he was, he was like, a, a early, like, a young Padawan learner during Order 66, and he got away, and then by the time Rebels happens, he's probably in his... Uh, I don't know. He's probably how old is he? Um, it's old as dirt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how old he is in in Rebels. Let me see if I can look this up real quick. Well, while you're looking that up, mine is going to be unoriginal and off the bo- on the board. I think we're going to see an on screen live action reunion between Obi Wan Kenobi. And Ahsoka Tano. I would be. I would not be surprised. I think if we if we do that, we're going to see because I know we're going to see Ezra. We're going to see. Actually, is Ezra would be too young for that? There's no. two episodes left, though. No, there's. Wait, yeah, I, eight. It's only six episodes. I thought it was eight. Nope. Well, that's stupid. They're not going to get anywhere. Canon Jarrus would have been about in his mid twenties or early twenties, maybe. Oh, no, sorry. If he was, yeah, I'd say his early 20s around this time. So it, he could be someone and it could very much lead to the, him trying to um, kind of protect him or whatnot. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ahsoka in there at some point, because I know that they're doing the Ahsoka series and the rumors are that they've cast a character or someone to play Ezra Bridger in that and um and sabine wren so that's all connected but you know what i really want to see what's that like out of out of anything i would love to see a like a, a series that is solely about the empire and them taking over other worlds and planets and stuff like that that'd be kind of cool but would it be the- with Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like we you get to see a lot of him in Rebels and how like mythological he is and and he's a I don't know, a ruthless leader. And you see that a lot in Rebels, but I would love to see some live action shit. I'd be for it. I would also like to see Hayden Christensen just stay as Vader for a bit. I think uh, like a- I think that's a good there's a good chance of that. See him destroy parts of the galaxy. But you, you can only what? do so much because you can only lead up to a new hope. You can't go any further than that. But you can still you can still build the character up and and that's the thing is about Darth Vader is that they don't have a whole lot of they they don't have a whole lot of build up to create a a, a reason to be afraid of Darth Vader in a new hope. So if we had a series or something like that, that showed how bad um, 
shows how bad of a grip he had on, or I guess a good grip he had on the galaxy. Then once a new hope rolls around, then you understand why people are so afraid of him. This is fair. And you know what I'm afraid of running out of time for our episodes, (laughs) the end of this episode. I know, but we'll be back next week with a brand new edition. Again, we want to thank you from myself and David. He's so cool. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.